Welcome to the 423 Soccer Pod, the podcast that CFC built. This is Jim. You can find me on the Twitter at Chattagooner. Hey, and this is Todd. You can find me at Great Football and on Twitter. It has been a hot minute since you and I spoke. It has been. It has been a little while since since we have talked, even just really even like texted. I mean, it's, it's, it's like, you know, I thought we broke up there for a second. I was a little getting a little worried. I mean, we're in constant contact on Twitter, though. <laughs> I mean, I think I take pretty uh, shots pretty liberally uh, at your at your Twitter posts. So yeah, the 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 last couple of weeks on Twitter have been have been very interesting for me. I mean, first of all, being being attacked by the club. I mean that you know I've I've had I've had to you know get some IT people you know to look into my my calendar and, and find out how Owen is, is, has hacked into me, you know, and then, and then some stump town dude decides to, you know, to, to, to chime in with a little video on Twitter and take a shot. I mean, it's just been, it's been rough for me, Todd. It really has been rough. I don't, I don't, it's, it's, it's been a hard couple of weeks. I, you know, I felt very alone. Well, I mean, if you need to, if you need to go somewhere and, and seek some emotional support, this podcast is probably not the place <laughs> to do it. No. I, I, matter of fact, by publishing this podcast, I would say you're setting yourself up uh, for more disparaging remarks from uh, people who rate the podcast uh, one star. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I can take any. You know, the two one stars are still, they, they're still burned into my into my you know to my psyche so they make you lose sleep at night a little bit i you know a little bit i really need some folks to get on there and give us five stars and just and so we can just kind of get rid of those two one i think it's two one stars i don't know what it is but yeah so yeah it's been it's been they they got mistaken they thought those stars were going uh, on top of our uh, jersey crest I uh, know we they don't know. No, no, we don't put no there are no no you know that there are no stars do not go on club jerseys well, i'm just saying that's maybe what they thought i don't know what their their rationale was it maybe surely wasn't a, a one-star critique of the podcast yeah i i don't know i don't know how anybody could listen to this and, and give us one star i mean at three i understand i could certainly understand <laughs> three stars you know i mean we're fair to we we're fair to midland i mean that's but one star right i feel I, like we're in the i feel like we're in the two to four star rating yeah. I feel like my mom would rate it four stars. Anybody that knows what they're talking about would rate it two stars, and then people that don't care would just give it three stars. Yeah, and one one is just one is just is just because um... look, we don't expect you to rate it, uh, you know, five stars if you feel it's three and be able to sleep at no, night. No, no, listen, Todd, no, you have to be honest with yourself. No, no, they and need I, to... honestly, I, no. I don't, I don't sleep well if you rate us five stars. They rate no. Then I, we, I think you, you can no. They, I think no. you're just messing with. No, they no. They need to rate us five stars. They can say whatever they want in the comments. All right. So if if you want to give us five stars, and then in the comments say, you know, I'd really want to give you three, or you know, Jim gets one and Todd gets four. That's fine, as long as they as long as they select five stars on the little on the comments or the uh, the rating section. I don't I don't really care. I think we've digressed a little bit. Well, hopefully. Hopefully, after tonight's interview, they'll will we'll be worthy of the five stars. We have uh, Stephen Davies from Oakland Roots 
who has done their co- color commentary in the past, and this year has moved to their uh, production crew, is, is going to be with us, and we have a, a nice chat with him. Uh, you want to give us some uh, insight to how you got in touch with this gentleman? Yeah, so, you know, I was thinking, you know, I wanted to continue to do what we tried to do for the Members' Cup, which was to talk to folks connected to the clubs we were playing. And I was looking around and thinking, I, you know, who who are we going to get for some of these clubs? And then, lo and behold, Stephen decides, makes the makes the mistake of following me on Twitter. And so I see that, and I see, I see he was like color commentary, and I'm like, well, that's perfect. So I reached out, and luckily, you know, he didn't unfollow me immediately, and he responded and said, you know, he'd be interested in talking, and he spoke with folks at the club and. And uh, he decided to to come on and talk a little bit about you know, Oakland and, and the club and, and what he thinks, uh, you know, I think he gives us some really good insight into some of the players that they've got. Um, you know, he, he, ha- he has it, you know, I wish we had talked to him. You'll hear him, you know, reference a conversation with the coach he's going to have. I wish we had talked to him maybe after that, but, you know, it was, it was good. Here's my question. What's the difference between a color commentary guy yeah. And a uh, play-by-play guy. What do you mean? What's the difference? Well, which which one does what? The play-by-play tells you what's going on, and then whenever the play-by-play announcer pauses, the color commentator comes on and gives you you know interesting facts or little stories about the player and that kind of stuff. So it could also be the guy that does the analysis. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so yeah. So you know, one guy talks about. You know, I mean, I'm pretty sure I knew who the play-by-play, what they did. Yeah. I guess I was like, you know, but so the color guy is also the guy that, that does the analysis. Yeah, yeah. Then. Like John Madden. Was, opinion, John Madden did color with, you know, when he would write on the board and talk about, you know, the diagram, the play, and do uh, all that kind of stuff. That's color commentary, whereas play-by-play is just talking, just literally describing yeah, making, what's going on in the shot. field. That's, that's how I thought it was, yeah. but I didn't want to. I didn't want to like speak out of out of line. Yeah. Uh, so do, he so he does color commentary. Who uh, does anybody stick out to you in American commentary? Like he does. Who does the best? Like who's the best play by play guy? Who's the best color guy? It, just overall. Yeah. Well, in you know in you know American broadcasts. I don't really know. I don't really like. I've you know maybe I'm just old. You know, I think, um, you know, in, in, uh, you know, Brett, Brett Musburger kind of was okay from a, from a play by play standpoint. Well, but, but, but from soccer perspective though. Oh, you want soccer? Um, yeah. in, in, in the, uh, somebody in, in the United States, not a, not like Preferably. a Premier League. Yeah, on U.S. broadcast. So Ian Dark would count, even though he's English. Yeah, I, I don't mind because he I, did it for Yeah, you. I don't mind Dark so much. I mean, he, you know, I think, I think he, his, his voice now is is become associated for me, kind of associated with just the national teams. Right. I mean, that's, I'm with that. I'm with that, and I, I remember, and specifically him in the 2010 Landon Donovan goal. Yeah, right. Uh, I think it, that's it, why. I think that's yeah. probably why. I, when I hear his voice, I think I think it's a men's national team game. <laughs> I mean, I, I you know, I, so I, I associate kind of him with with that. I, yeah, I mean, Ian Dark's okay. The um, the NBC guys that do Premier League are all right. So I tell you, uh, who I really like as a color commentator guy. Now that I'm sure of my, uh, I'm using the correct terms. Uh, Brian Dunseth, uh, who oh yeah, rarely gets a look 
on he doesn't get a look very often on like the big networks he mostly does uh the color for uh Ross, Salt Lake. Yeah, RSL. I thought he's been excellent for years uh, I thought he's been excellent he's I, also a really good follow on Twitter lucky not to get yes he is he is uh but I, I thought he, he hasn't gotten a fair shake on the national yeah, scale I, I thought he would have have had a place yeah, uh, a in, good in shout. one of the big networks by now yeah, I think that's I think that's a good shout. Players I can't I mean commentary I can't stand. Uh, I'm just gonna go right to Taylor Twellman. I can't I, I can't deal with it. He just yells a lot. I mean I, I like his outburst, like the famous like, what are we doing? Everybody likes that. But on a game to game basis, like I can't stand his small talking is I just I, I don't enjoy it at all. Yeah. Uh, how did we get on this topic? Fact, this wasn't to... this wasn't on the we because, were because Steven's a color commentator guy. Oh, okay. Well, that's fair, I guess. That's how this happened. All that's right, how all this right, happened. All right. But we got. Let's, we, let's, have we, a, let's have a course correction. Yeah, right. we've got. We've course got some. Correction. All right, back to CFC. Now we got some CFC stuff to talk about. We are we are in game week. We are in match week. Our first professional, fully professional match will be on Saturday when CFC heads out to the West Coast to play the Oakland Roots at uh, at Laney. Is it Laney College? Yes. And. I, I've, I'm, I have, I am ready. My, I think I am. My mind is right for this match. How what about you? I am ready for this. Yeah, uh, and and you know, I don't. I'm not sure what we're going to see in terms of formation when uh, you know they take the field uh, at Laney College, home of the Fighting Wings. But we we finally found out this week, uh, or in the last two weeks since we last spoke, you know, we have five additional signings. Uh, to our roster. Yep. And I also had a thing earlier today that I was a little surprised when I really started dissecting the roster that there are only four midfielders on this uh, on this uh, roster so far. Yeah. Uh, and I know we had talked about there are some versatile players that can that can play midfield. I get it. But when you just look at it, uh, what their primary positions are, uh, going only four midfielders deep into a pro season is making me a bit nervous. Now, we still could have some signings. Uh, yeah. Even by this weekend, that could happen. Uh, but I'm a little antsy about that. If you analyze the pictures that, you know, and and, and even even the, the, I guess, the picture that they put out, what was the, what was the picture of the, uh, of the locker room? Was that before, was that before the Memphis match where they put out that picture of the locker room? I think it was. You know, there there are more than – I mean, right now we have 18 players that are listed on the website. There are, there were more than 18 players in that picture. Even though it was kind of hard to do this, I watched the the stream of the, of the Memphis game, and I put together – there were two complete 11s that played that, that match. Um, the, the match – the 11 that played the second half was completely different than the 11 that started – and so that's 22 players because I'm good at math. And then you add in the fact that Juan Hernandez did not play in that match. That's 23 players. I have seen pictures where we have three keepers. Three keepers did not play in that match, so that's 24. So in the in the possible squad, I know that there are at least six more players that we that we haven't seen or, or don't don't necessarily know about. I think we we that, have that could have been friends and that could have been friends and family. No, I don't think the they were friends. We just, got, like, we just got some folks out of the stands. Well, I know one body. I know one of them is is was Valenciano because he damn near killed 
a Birmingham, a Birmingham, I know a, a Memphis nine Oh one player. <laughs> um, By the way, did, did, was that, was that caught on the stream? Uh, yes. Okay. So I'm going to need somebody to make a gif of that because I've heard enough about it. So I need somebody to grab that video, yeah. make a gif of it and so I can watch it in perpetuity. Okay. So I, I have the, I have the footage, so I, I might be able to do that. The The problem is it's on the other side of the field. The, there is one camera angle and it's not the best and it's dark. So um, it's not going to be well, great. It's very unlike Valenciano to do that. So I'm just going to assume and that I a Memphis player like, referenced his mother in a certain... <laughs> um, I don't know uh, what... Not so nice way. Well, things got a little chippy in the first half in that game. I, You know, to... There was... I, I know that the CFC guys must have been a little... I think they were a little hyped because there were a couple of challenges that, that where we where our guys were we're a little late to be honest. And the, the, the Memphis guys were not having any of it. And their coach was just, well, you can hear him throughout, throughout the game. And uh, he was not happy with some of our players. What struck me as hilarious was about, I don't know, two minutes into the second half. Again, remember there was a completely different 11 in the second half. About two minutes into the into the match, you hear you hear the coach yell at the ref, saying, "Ref, ref, he's been doing that all match." I'm like, "He's been in for like three minutes." So, <laughs> so well, at least at least somebody was paying attention. Yeah. So their oh, and then at some point in the match, uh, you can hear their coach yell at um, Fuller to tell him to get a hold of thirty five. Can't, you know, you need to get control of 35. So 35 was one of our, well, I think, a, I don't know, I didn't recognize him. Uh, he was a trialist. He was playing center back. And I really didn't notice any reason for him to be called out that way. But, you know, again, I wasn't paying attention. The angle wasn't the best. And I was really. When you're, when you're a trialist, you, you want to get called out for a lot of reasons. <laughs> uh, a request for your coach to get you under control is probably not one of them. Hey, well, I don't know. I, I suppose in, in the spirit of all publicity is good publicity, maybe it was okay. I don't think. I know. When I heard that, I'm like, I don't know who that is, but sign him up. If, you, if you're if you doing something to annoy the other coach to the extent that he's he's whining to your coach to get control of you, I like I, that's that's the kind of shithousery that I, that I can, I can get behind as long as it's, you know, uh, players from my team doing it. Yeah. Um, uh, that, that's the kind of, that's the kind of uh, shenanigans that, that will, that uh, you miss now that a uh, pipe has, has officially exactly. departed. CFC. Exactly. Yeah. We knew, we knew if, if nothing else, his, uh, what, what's the word you use? Shithousery? Yes. Was on a pro level. Yes. It, uh, yes. If, if uh, yeah. Anything was that definitely was so. Yeah. So uh, you want to talk about these five signings? That, Absolutely. That yeah. Let's. Last? Yeah. Let's get into them. All right. So. So I will. Uh, I'll just reel them off uh, real quickly, and then we'll go back. Uh, we have Jerry St. V. That was actually announced today. I got them in reverse order. So. Okay. Starting like today, going back. So Jerry St. V. Defender. Uh, Ian McGrath, midfielder. Santiago Agadello, forward. Brighton Adams, forward and Caleb Jackson forward. Uh, I honestly, I mean, thank God. You know what? Let's look at the minimum standard. Our players, all the ones I just said, all have Wikipedia pages. Yeah. I mean, that's like, 
that's something, right? I mean, I don't have a Wikipedia page. No, you my don't. mom hasn't made one for me. No, uh-uh, you don't. You don't. Yeah, and so, so, uh, so see, K. Well, you see, to go in the order you gave, uh, Jerry St. V played. Was it uh, you? Just, you and I just talked about this Tormenta, right? Um, right. You had 19 appearances last year uh, for Tormenta. Yeah. So you you got you got him coming from Tormenta. You've got uh, Ian McGrath who played a little bit in was it Scotland and um, also yep. uh, he finished up like you know it looks like he's like bounced around a little bit. It's like almost through no fault of his own. Yeah. He was at Nashville SC. And then he spent some time at Internashville. Uh, he and then last year, and then he was also, you know, played for the Fury, yeah. and we know how that ended. Yeah. So I don't think you can read into that. And then he was signed at the end of last season by OKC Energy. Yeah. Uh, so I'll be really interested to see what he brings. Obviously, a lot of teams uh, thought enough to bring him in, so I'll be really interested to see how he does. Uh, and he's a big. I, I'm not going to lie. He's a big guy. Like I mean, you know. Yeah, I think he was. Listening was he listed at six four? Yeah, and he's at and, and I, I didn't really know who this was on the field when I was watching the friendly, but um, he I mean he's a big guy and he was he was on the ball a lot in the uh, in the uh, Memphis match, so I didn't know who he was, but now I do. But um, yeah, he he was on the ball a lot. Then we have uh, the two two four two of the three Fords in this group. Caleb Jackson uh, comes like his last uh, club was Tormenta, and before that he was at AFC Ann Arbor. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Clayton Adam, uh, and we were kind of familiar with him because he spent time at uh, Georgia Revolution, mm-hmm. and then most recently at Austin Bowl. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you, one of the players I'm from a statistical perspective when I look at his numbers, this one I'm I'm really interested in is Santiago Agudelo coming. Uh, to us from Fort Hayes State, where he scored 42 goals in 39 games. Now I have no idea what kind of conference Fort Hayes State plays in, and the you know the level of competition there. But the goal score is the goal score, yeah. and if you're putting if you're averaging over a goal a game, uh, I'm going to give you a look, and I'm really keen to see uh, how you do. He's also a bigger body guy. I think he's around six two. And I watched some of his highlights. Uh, he looked like a finisher. So I'm, I'm not going to lie. At this point, you know, I'm all about that finishing. You know, CFC's shown some, some good stuff over the past couple of years. And anytime you dangle a finisher out in front of me, mm-hmm. uh, I'm intrigued. Yeah. And I and I want to see and I want to see what you got. Yeah. I mean, so and, and this, if he's for me, I'm really watching this guy. Yeah, and if he's if he is, you know, he's right now on on the website. He's got number nine. If you know, if he's that, if he's that center forward, and you know, again, I don't I don't know what numbers they were wearing um, during the friendly matches, so I, I really can't speak to to how anybody performed. Um, you know, I can uh, other than just the team overall. Uh, you know, if having that having somebody six two lead the line, you know, it's, it's something that you and I have talked about, um, you know, needing, needing somebody like that, um, to, to kind of hold the ball up maybe. I, and again, I, I, you've, you said you've watched him play. Is he, it, was he a center forward or did he play out wide? Do you remember? Well, in the, in the highlight, no, no, no. In the highlight clips that I watched, he was, he was up top. Yeah. And I know he also played a little bit. He was, he played a little bit, uh, in Detroit. 
Um, I don't. I so I remember the name um, when he played in Detroit, but I don't really remember, you know, how much he played and, and you know, and what what if anything he did while he was there. Um, but uh, so and, he, and you know, he may be a player that just didn't fit in uh, at Detroit as much as you know their starters and, and stylistically because. You know, we saw them be, you know, a lot of a, a counterattack style team, and, and he just may not have fit the mold uh, to do that up there. So, yeah, and I also think they played uh, with two up top. Didn't they play with two up top frequently? Like in, I, I, I know, like I a don't. three five two, I think. Um, that you know, so I, I, you know, I don't. I, he he may be more. He may be more attuned to a four three three or that four two three one where he's, you know, he's kind of by himself up there. I, I don't know. It's what's going to be interesting is. When they take the field in in Oakland, uh, I mean, we really—I'm not really sure what we're going to see. No, no, I think there'll be a lot of—I think there'll be uh, a lot of folks there, uh, you know, viewing at CFC, and there'll be a lot of fingers pointing at the screen, trying to figure out who's where, what yeah. numbers are where, and matching up, yeah. you know, numbers with with the roster and where they're standing at. And I really hope the production is as good as. Um, even talked about in our interview because I think we're going to need that, that sort of clarity to figure out what's going on. Uh, you know, God forbid it end up like a like a Milwaukee Torrent match <laughs> where we have to depend on um, uh, Bra- uh, Breezy's wife to uh, yeah. to film it on her iPhone for us. But back back to these guys, I, I'm ex- I'm excited. You know, I I you know we've we've got two or three guys that have uh, USL championship experience. Um, we've got another couple who, who have played in, you know, another kind of D three leagues and, and, and other MPSL, um, you know, that, that level. Uh, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm excited. We've got some guys that have some experience, you know, I think what, I don't know if you got to see any of the feeds, but largely what we played, what we seemed to play was a lot of the four, three, three. Um, there were a couple of times when, and I think it's, <laughs> I think it was the second half of the Birmingham match where I gave up trying to figure out what we were doing because it just looked like players were everywhere. Um, and I, and so I, it was, it was hard for me to watch that and, and try to kind of figure out what we were trying to do. But when I saw what, when I saw the formation by and large, it was, it was a four, three, three. There were times when we dropped back to a four, five, one, where maybe the outside outside wingers would kind of drop back um, and defend but uh, for the most part, I think what I saw was uh, you know a lot of a lot of four three three with um, with a, with one six, really a six eight and a ten to be honest, but maybe a six and two eights. So um, it we again it was hard for me to figure out because I don't know. I knew who eighty eight was. I knew who ten was. I knew who eight was, and then I could pick out Jordan Dunstan, and I could pick out Soren and some other players. The question was, the question is, could you pick out Tim Howard? Uh, uh, well, I didn't, <laughs> uh, I didn't, so I didn't watch that. I, I was late to that match, uh, watching, watching the stream. So I already, I, I, so when I went back and watched it, yeah, it's, it's clear. It's clear who he is. Um, and he also has some things to say about some of the challenges. He came up and, and talked to the ref himself. <laughs> A couple of times, when um, when our players were 
a little late with some challenges. You know what? But... Was, was, was he was he playing was he playing against Belgium that night? No, he was not playing against Belgium. I mean, that's the, right. And I don't care anything about what he has to say. The, <laughs> the one thing I would say about the three performances, um, oh no, excuse me, I'll say the two performances. The 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 contest against um, what college? We the third one we played against. Uh, I can't remember who we played now. Um, was it Brian? I can't remember who it was, but the the third match was different. We we had uh, we had several opportunities in that match. We it ended up as a draw, one one. Uh, we should have put two or three in goal for that. But the other two matches were, uh, and you may expect this because we're playing against championship sides and we're playing largely. This these are a group of people trying out, right? So, um, you know the clearly Birmingham had had more uh talent and and more for us than than Memphis did. Um the Memphis match was fairly was fairly equal I would think for most for most of it, but the uh, Birmingham Birmingham looked pretty good. So, um and then they turned around. I think uh Birmingham turned around and beat uh I think Madison, forward Madison 3-0 in another friendly. So, they may be good this year. Well, it, like you said, it'll be interesting to see what we roll out. Um, I'm just going to go down the complete roster as we know it by position right now. We'll start in the back. Uh, we have uh, goalkeepers Alec Reddington uh, and Phil D'Amico. Mm-hmm. Uh, defenders are Jerry St. V, Juan Sanchez, Jordan Dunstan, Richard Dixon, Joanne Laidley, Dorn Hashcheck. Midfield, there's four. <laughs> Ian McGrath, Juan Hernandez, Cam Woodson and Topher Marshall. And then up to the forwards, Caleb Jackson, Clayton Adams, Sean Hofstetter, Santiago Agadello, Brian Bement, and Jack Costa. I think it's Bement. So, Bement. You and, know what? I'm and, just, just going to butcher that all year. And lately. I got to think of some clever way to put the emphasis on the right syllable. So Yeah. Did you anyway. say, did you say so Joanne? I did say Joe. Okay. No, not Joe Costa, so Joanne Laley. Yes, I did. I okay. did. I had him listed as does the club listed as a defender. Of course, we know he's really versatile. He can play, you know, pretty much uh, oh, yeah. anywhere up uh, up the left side. So, yeah. I mean, on the website, um, he's listed as a striker. <laughs> so, which which I know he played up there, but I I be out. I bet we see him as an outside back, but we'll see. So there, there's your 18 that we have listed, and of mm-hmm. course, as you mentioned. We know we filled. Uh, we can easily count twenty-four. Uh, we're we're not sure we'll be carrying a, a complete full roster twenty-four. Uh, we were told more like in that twenty-one to twenty-two. Uh, we we mentioned that you know one player we've mentioned several times that has been seen in all the games is uh, Daniel Valenciano. Uh, mm-hmm. I really hope that that comes through because if not, I mean number one, he's a quality player. Uh, we, you know, he, he's been with CSD for several years now, and it, to have a fifth listed midfielder would definitely make me feel a lot better, especially a known commodity like him. Yeah, yeah, he's. I mean, he was at. He played in the in the in the invitational tryouts. I know he played. He played at least in both uh, both of the of the the friendlies. You know, he played against uh, Memphis and Birmingham. I don't know. I. You know, I I don't know if he played against uh, in the last friendly or not. Um, 
you know, that was shot from the very top of the stadium and it, and it was a, it was an all 22 shot, but it looked, you know, I could tell that the, the blue players and the white players were on different teams. And that's about all I could tell. I could, you know, and the blue team scored a goal and the white team scored a goal. That's all I could tell you about that. And, you know, we, we, we talked to uh, stick around for the uh, Joe Spurs interview of the week with, with John Davidson from Oakland uh, roots. You know, we, we talked to him a little bit about their roster and, and just straightforward. You look at their roster and it is, it's an impressive roster. And, and he says as much, or he tells us, you know, this, this roster is built to win now. Uh, some of the, you know, one of the names that, that, you know, anybody that follows soccer on, you know, on like a kind of serious level is going to be familiar with Jack McInerney, actually born in Chattanooga. Uh, I've claimed him several times as being uh, one of, one of our own, although I think he moved away when he was like 12 down to Atlanta, but whatever. He was born in Chattanooga. Yes. So he's kind of, he's ours. He's, yeah, he's ours. Um, he's ours. Uh, they've made a move to bring in, uh, Darwin Long from, uh, uh, Cosmos on loan because they're you know, they're not going to be doing anything till sometime next year, so he might as well be doing something. So he's on loan. Uh, they have a a Ford uh, whose name keeps uh, leaving me. I'm trying to look at it right now. Uh, anyways, one of the Fords that that they brought in, Matt, is it Forzy? I think it's maybe Matt Forzy. This this guy spent some time in the USL Championship. Uh, was a fairly prolific goal scorer. So just looking at those two up top, you know, you have a Jack McInerney that did it on the national team level. He's done it. He did it at Philly Union. He's done it around MLS, kind of journeyman. But still, he's scored at, at the top level. So uh, it's just their firepower up top, and uh, and it's. I'll be honest with you, it it uh, makes me a little bit nervous. Oh, you mean the the matchup with Oakland? Yeah, yeah, the the matchup it, it makes me a little nervous. Uh, just. Not that I don't have faith in our players, but I know that that you know two of them have have done it at a at a higher level than what we're going to be playing at. So yeah, um, yeah. And so I think they're definitely. I mean, they didn't. They. I mean, I, I guess you know Jack McInerney didn't earn the nickname uh, the American Chicharito for nothing. <laughs> uh, the guy's a he's a box in the box. Like he he doesn't score very much from outside, but inside that six. Like he's going to get a foot in, he's going to get a head in, and if you're not there battling with him and, and sticking right in his shorts with him, then he's he's going to get one in on you. So um, I mean, I've seen I've seen this guy play for a while. The other thing I'll say about you know we 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 have we have looked pretty well organized defensively in the three games I've seen. Uh, I don't know if that was a if that was an emphasis. That that the coaches you know have have put in through kind of preseason training, um, you know Memphis only scored on a penalty, and uh, the penalty was it was right out of view of the camera, so I, I can't I can't, but it was also right on the edge of the box, so it was not a situation where you know it was it was like a goal scoring opportunity or or I mean it was somebody who. It was really a, a silly kind of mistake. The player wasn't really going anywhere, and unfortunately, I think they—I think he caught him, and he and he just went down. Um, but outside of that, I don't remember Memphis really creating a whole lot. Birmingham—they—they scored a couple of goals off of what I would consider to be pretty big mistakes by center four. Excuse me, center center backs, and I know at least one of them is a trialist. Um, 
that 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 made one of the mistakes. The other goals were, I mean, one was in stoppage time, and and it was, you know, it just really. I mean, I I didn't really think too much of it, um, and then there was one pretty good goal uh, in through the run of play, but you know, and then against you know against uh, whoever we played in the in the last that you know that team did not create a whole lot. Now, sure, that's a it's a it's a university team. It's not a professional team, but they didn't really create a whole lot. So if if there's one thing I could take away from just watching, and that is players that don't play together. That that is you know that's. You know, in the Memphis game, a complete change of eleven at halftime, and still we looked pretty organized. Um, and and looked well. I think we're going to have good. to take an organized posture going into this game. Yeah, I mean, we're used to seeing that with CFC. You know, up until last year, when we talked about it before, we're used to CFC having more talent on the field. That is just, it's not at least on on paper. That's just not going to be the case here, right? And in, in this in this league, and I think it's going to be incumbent upon the coaching staff to take a more pragmatic approach to these games and understand that going to Oakland and getting and, and, and taking a point away that there is immense value in that. Yep. And, and I, you know, I don't, and I think, you know, taking that approach will, will pay off in, in the end and it can make a, a big difference. You know, we, we saw last year going into the uh, founders cup, uh, you know, that going, no point out of your first like two games just puts you in a in a real negative funk that's hard to get out of. Yeah. So I think if you go out to Oakland and and you take a zero zero, you take a one one. Man, I, I take that as a feather in the cap. Yep. Especially when you're going to a place you've never been before. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say this. So it'll be e- interesting e- to see how it come out. Yeah. Even though we got well actually on this uh, on Twitter by you know, by our friend, uh, Matt Coniglio, Joel Costa put in, Actually. A, <laughs> put in a shift on defense in, in some of those friendlies. I mean, he was, he was tracking back and working hard. So I hope Coniglio paid attention to that. Um, and Joel, I saw you out there working. So, um, I, you know, I, I'm going to well, actually the well, actually, and, and say that, that Costa was doing some work on the defensive side. We need a we need a good recording of a of a good well actually, and we can just like dub it in. Listen, we I've already our own well actually. Segment. Yeah, you're you're yeah you're I, I'm way ahead of you. I, I am I am in the market for uh, a better mixing board, so we don't we don't have to use the the mobile um, suitably adequate studio every time and. Uh, which you know it's it's done it's done a good job for the last I, I counted up we're at, this is the I think forty sixth recording that we've done that you and I have done um, so it's it's done oh. a good yeah it's done a good job um, so but you know our, our two trips to the uh, or our, our my my two trips I think did you make two trips or one trip to the lab I don't remember um, but our trip, I've made one trip to the lab yeah so yeah. our trips to the lab you know kind of gave me you know, kind of gave me, um, sound, you know, kind of gave me mixing board envy. So, um, I've, I'm, I'm in the market for that. And, and both of what both of them have in common are, uh, buttons where you, we could, where I could just put in sound effects just, you know, right into the broadcast. So, um, right into the recording. So I've, I'm ahead of you. I've already plotted out the times when that's been said on our show I'm going to go out and cut them out. And at some point, 
when you least expect it, Todd, and well, listening, actually, and, and listening audience, you're you're going to get well actually. So something to look forward to. Well, all I, going back to the game, all, all I want to see really, I mean, what I'd be extremely satisfied with uh, going into this game is is I'd be satisfied with a draw, and I would be satisfied with a very organized performance. And mm-hmm. I know that sounds lame, it sounds boring, but I would, I would love to see just a well-organized performance and and get out of Oakland with a draw. Yeah, I'm not trying to put Oakland on a pedestal. I just no. want to get get away with some points and and you know get off to a good start and yep. not be in the negative. Yep, yep. I think if we go out there and do a uh, and do you do it and be able to compete and have a one-one draw, do the you know the Jose, you know I don't want to I don't want to park the bus, but I want to be you know I, I want to be organized and 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 difficult to break down and you know the like the defenses that we we really got accustomed to in the in like the first five or six years of, of CFC's existence, you know, where, you know, we were just not, we were just not going to ship goals. And so that's, that's what I, yeah, that's what I want to see. And if we get away with a win, it will be, it will, I'll be over the moon. I'm a cake. Yeah. But you're right. Yeah. Oh, I'd love, I'd love to bag a goal early. I mean, I, I would love to Absolutely. bag a goal in the first 15 to 20 minutes and then, and then shift all the pressure over to Oakland. And, and have them, you know, putting them in, in, in a position where they feel like they have to throw everything forward. Because, I mean, I think at this level, I think that definitely, you know, increases the odds that, that you're going to be able to, like, you know, snatch another one. But I think they'll yeah. start feeling the pressure in front of their, that crowd. And, you know, Stephen talked about, like, the crowd is really loud there. And, and I think on an opening night, and I think they'll be feeling the pressure to, uh, you know, if, if they were to go down early. So I think that would really play in the CFC's favor. But. So why don't we go ahead, since you, know, you and I have you and I have talked a little, why don't we go ahead and, and bring Stephen on for, for that interview? And uh, so you want to, you want to, you, you kind of tease the, the sponsor, but you want to go ahead and do the, uh, kind of throw us, throw us to the interview? I certainly will. All right. Uh, this week's Ghost Bros Interview of the Week is going to be with Stephen Davies. Of, uh, of the Oakland Root. He did their color commentary last year, and this year he has moved, done a more production role. Uh, but he uh, took about 45 minutes to talk with us and even talked a little more off record, which we can't share that information. Uh, maybe, is there a B-sides for podcasts? Is, no. is there like a time limit where we can go back like like a year from now? Like, a, you know, well, it's been a year, so now we can like play the off the record stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, don't, no, I don't. I don't know the rules on that. He would probably never talk to us again. Yeah. All right, so uh, here we go with uh, Dose Bros interview of the week, and thanks again to Dose Bros who reminds you to eat local and ball local. And uh, next on the podcast, we are uh, pleased to have Stephen Davies. Stephen is uh, someone who last year worked with the Roots and the, doing color commentary for their broadcast. Stephen, uh, how are you doing and how are things out in California? I am well, guys. Thank you very much indeed for having me. It's sunny. It's 70 degrees. It hasn't rained for over a month and uh, <laughs> we're getting ready for the Roots on Saturday. So it's, uh, it's a very exciting time to be alive here in the Golden State. 
Well, it's almost exactly the same here, except we haven't seen the sun in a month. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been a lot like Portland. I was telling somebody, it's you know, it's like uh, we're to, the last couple of days have been a lot like the Pacific Northwest: rain, forties, and just you know, just not not great. Although you know, Portland's great. I don't mean to I don't mean to diss on all of our Portland Portland listeners. I apologize. Um, so, Steve, first, what we normally like to do is to talk to get a sense of who the person is that we're speaking with. So if if you would yeah. just kind of talk a little bit about what we call this, you know, the person's soccer testimony and kind of what your soccer journey has been up, you know, and you can start wherever you like up till uh, now with your uh, in your role, current role with the Roots. Yeah. So uh, I was born in Swansea in Wales. I grew up there during the mid '80s, during the height of the uh, the hooligan era. So, um, you can imagine that period, 1985 to you know 1990, 1991, were, were turbulent times in the English game. That's for sure. My brother and I loved to play soccer when we were younger. We played whenever we could. Growing up in Swansea, I'm obviously a Swansea City fan. Uh, continue to be to this day. Uh, they weren't very good back then. It's kind of a different story these days. But uh, my family and I moved here. California in 1992. So I've lived out here in the East Bay since. I played through my teenage years. I played traveling club soccer. I was kind of like the um, uh, the Eric Cantona of the team. I'd do nothing for 80 minutes and then score two goals and win you the game. <laughs> so I was I was an I'm not center forward. During my high school years, I got involved in in music and that led me on the the career path that I have today, which is I'll get to that in a little bit. As far as my role with the Roots, I was the color commentator for the San Francisco Deltas, of course, the ill-fated NASL. Um, I was color commentator throughout the seasons for all the home games. And I met Tommy Hodel, who's in the uh, the communications department with the Roots. Uh, he was covering the Deltas for Midfield Press back then and uh, struck up a friendship with him. And I introduced him to the director of the Bay Area Online Sports Network, that's the, the team that produces the broadcast for the group. So I introduced him to Jim Patrimilli, and we stayed in contact after the Dells was folded, of course, and reached out to me sometime probably mid-2018 and said, you know, the roots are going to happen. Uh, we'd like to get you guys on board to do the game. So my, my professional, my day-to-day job is I'm an accounts manager for a live event production company. So I've got a, a pretty extensive technical background in, in in audiovisual equipment, so anything, you know, sound projection, lighting related. So my role for the Roots for this year, I'll be involved a little bit on the broadcast side in, in terms of the interactions with the broadcasters and with the technical team, but I'll be working in the production truck this year. And, uh, you know, I'm really glad that I'm still going to be part of uh, part of the Roots family and, and still a big part of the, the game day production. So, uh, so Tommy, you know, got us on board for last year. We did the four um, Nisa Showcase games, uh, or the four home games, I should say. And uh, we are ready to go for uh, what should be a very exciting 2020 season. Uh, you just said you were going to be involved in the production. Do, the, do yes, uh, Oakland currently have a, uh, a radio and a TV deal, or just radio? No, so we stream on the internet. We are streaming through the Oakland Roots website. We're streaming through the Bay Area Online Sports Network website, which is baosn.tv. And then I believe that's also sent out to the NISA website as well. I, I'm not 100% sure on that, but I can I can tell you for, for sure that we are doing, um, we are broadcasting through the Oakland Roots website and then the Bay Area, Bay Area Online Sports Network. We don't currently have any sort of radio deal. The, 
certainly the, the TV market around here, I'm outside of public access. I'm not really sure if anyone would be willing to pick something like that up. But um, as you can imagine, living in a tech hub like the Bay Area, the streaming is, is quite the way to go. If you haven't heard, the Oakland Athletics are not going to be doing local radio broadcast this year. They're doing it all by uh, an app that you have to download to listen to the game. So definitely the way the market is going, unfortunately. But as, as far as I'm aware, there's no plans to have any kind of radio or uh, traditional TV broadcast of the team moving forward. So if you could talk a little bit about, you know, what you see as the, you know, the culture of the roots. I mean, I think from, you know, from afar, uh, Oakland, the Oakland roots seems to be, they seem to be a very uh, like-minded club in terms of community engagement and how the club was started. I know in our conversations Mm -hmm. with Tim Kelly and other folks that are uh, affiliated with CFC, the CFC front office, they speak highly of the Oakland front office and and what uh, what the I guess the Roots project is is trying to do. So, from your perspective, uh, you know how would you describe kind of the culture uh, behind the Oakland Roots? I think it's important to take a look at the, the sporting landscape in the Bay Area and the void that has been left behind by certain professional teams that have vacated the premises for uh, for past new. And I think. I think that the roots, perhaps sensing that, also got, I think, very fortunate with the timing. But it, it's left a void in the Oakland sporting landscape that I think deserves to be filled by a team that takes Oakland as seriously as it does. The athletics, and I am a baseball fan, I've been an A's fan ever since I moved here, you know, have been loyal to Oakland, even though there have been rumblings over the years they could move to San Jose or move to Fremont or even move out of the area. But I think that they are a team that is going to stay around here, and I think the roots are going to fill the void that's been left by the Raiders and the Warriors leaving. Um, I have to give full credit to the roots, you know, to the, the front office for taking the time over the course of 2017 and 2018 and then into last year, of course, to really develop the team at a community level and get the community of Oakland involved. Um, It's obvious to see if you have the opportunity to come out to a game that, you know, you see people of of all races, genders, creeds, colors um, out at the game, repping the root shirt. And it really is something to see. I, I was, really impressed last season watching the crowds come in how excited they were for the for to see the team for the for the game day experience and that's all testament to the fact that the roots did their due diligence and did their homework long before they ever kicked the ball on the pitch so you you mentioned the the you know, the work you did for nisa uh for the nisa fall showcase what what do you think, or how, how did you think the the uh, you know the the fall showcase went from a, a roots perspective? I know the on the field performance maybe wasn't what um, what the club wanted, but in terms of you know community engagement and from the outside, you know the the off the field stuff seemed to go very well. But what what is your what was your take on the fall showcase? My take is that it, it, in a way it was kind of the antithesis antithesis of the deltas the deltas did everything wrong off the pitch but on the pitch they killed it i mean they were they were nasl champions um you know it's a bit unfortunate i think you know the the roots were unlucky not to get a result in the opener against cal united strikers being Mm -hmm. three nil up at the half with uh with jack McInerney, you know perfect hat trick in that first half of play 
but that would really go on to to be kind of the story of the fall uh, of the, the fall series in a way. Was that um, they had some difficulty defending goalkeeper play was a little spotty at times, and uh, you know, apart from that, though, I mean, there there were exciting matches. I mean, when when they had FC Wires come to town, Wires are up three 0 inside of twelve minutes. Probably could have been up by four or five inside the first half an hour. But the roots fell back in that in that second half to uh, come away with it. Well, the end of the day was a, a pretty respectable scoreline against League MX opposition. You know, it was a four-two victory for FC Juarez. Uh, they were able to taste the, the the spoils of victory at home with the two-nil victory over the uh, the second division side TA uh, Um But I think they were disappointed that they didn't get a victory at home in the Nisa showcase. And uh, I have a feeling that's something that's going to be rectified very quickly here in 2020. But as I, as I said before, <laughs> that the, the fan experience was, you know, was outstanding. I mean, they got that just, they hit it on the head on every single game. I mean, they had lyrics born opening the, um, the, the first game. They had a concert outside right on East 10th street, you know, full band in, in support and then they had Mr. Fabin for the final game and you know going through some of his classic uh, repertoire and, and that's the sort of thing that the, the Roots have really got right is this tapping into local community into the things that you know have given Oakland that kind of cultural significance here in the Bay Area and um, I expect that to continue here in, in, in 2020 I know you aren't uh, overall pleased with the on-field performance in the, in the Nisa Fall Showcase what players have you guys brought in that you think are going to like help change that situation? Have you like here at CFC, we've had like major turnover in, in our roster due to uh, uh, NISA roster rules. Uh, have you seen similar uh, roster changeover there or are you guys still pretty solid from last year? I believe they have a total of 17 players that were involved within the squad last year that have come back for the 2020 campaign. Um, there were a couple of notable names um, that are not back with the side that I think is worth mentioning. Victor Bernardes, uh, I think, was pretty close to retirement last season. Only played, uh, you know, sparingly in that first match against Cal United Strikers. Ryan Mash was the guy that I was surprised not to see back. I, I haven't got a, any uh, any story on why he's not back. He had a couple goals last year. Um, he had the, the equalizer against the LA Force in that last home game. Chris Christian is another guy that is not back in the team in 2020. But as far as some of the additions, uh, Nana Adekor is, is the one that stands out to me. He's the former um, San Francisco Dolphins captain, you know, uh, a former international for the, the, the Canadian national team. A guy I think is really going to solidify the, um, the, uh, the back four for, for the roots. Um, like I said, I had a chance to, to interview him a couple of times when, uh, when he was playing for the Dolphins, just a really humble guy, uh, an excellent player. He got injured midway through that Dolphins season, so he was able to come back just in time for the uh, the championship final against the Cosmos. And uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, to seeing him out on the pitch and, and representing the Roots. I know he's got ties to the Bay Area. You know, he played for the Earthquakes before, so I know he, he likes the area, and I think he'll be uh, he'll be well pleased to be back here in the uh, in the 510. Another Another guy that's familiar to those of you background in the NASL is Matt Fondy. He's a local boy out of Burlingame High School. Uh, 
played his college ball down at UC Santa Cruz. And uh, I certainly hope we can see him replicate or replicate his, uh, his form for Louisville. I think he had 22 goals in, in 25 games or something like that. And was a fairly prolific player for uh, North Carolina SC too. But I know he's been away uh, studying at UC Berkeley, getting a graduate degree. And uh, I saw him back late 2018, I think it was, playing for the Oakland Leopards here. Uh, in the East Bay, so they definitely got some, some star power. Tristan Bowen's another guy that's got MLS experience, you know, with uh, the Sounders, with uh, Chivas USA. Uh, one guy I'm particularly excited to see play is someone that I've covered a little bit uh, during the time that I've covered college stock, and that's Jonathan Rosco. Uh He's a local boy out of the 510, played his, uh, his college ball out in Livermore, and then went on to uh, San Francisco State, so I got I got the uh, the chance to call him a couple times while he was in college, and uh, it's the sort of thing that the roots are, are taking great pride on is is bringing up the local player. You know, it's gone through the you know the junior college and then you know the the uh, state university programs, and then has has made his way out to uh, you know to a first team contract. So I really hope he can compete for a place, and uh, you know we'll we'll just have to see. Off from that, I mean, they, they've made quite a few signings. I mean, they've got uh, a guy I think you guys are, are somewhat familiar with in, in Peter Pearson. So I think he played out at Virginia Commonwealth, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I, I don't remember. Uh, I should know that. But I, right now I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, that's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm frantically scrolling through my uh, my notes here. But, uh, yeah, um, you know, they, they've made some signings and, and you know, hopefully some guys that can that can contribute and again i think the uh the key is locking down a solid number one between the pipes and then you know establishing some sort of uh consistency with the back four but between benji high and and uh the returning jack McInerney, i mean the uh the roots are going to be more than stacked in the attacking third of the pitch and and they also signed the uh the honduran from the cosmos darwin espinal on loan so uh there should be no shortage of uh, attacking options for you head coach Jordan Farrell this season. Yeah, I was kind of uh, kind of interested to see that loan signing from Cosmos and Darwin Rome. And I wonder if that's the first, I was trying to think, but I mean, that's a huge signing. And uh, if Cosmos was already in the league, I could say this, but I can't, I was trying to think if there's been any other loans between uh, Nisa team. There are two more Cosmos players, I think, on loan at Detroit and... There may be another one. Well, that's probably good because they're not going to be they're not going to be playing anytime soon, right? Yeah, right. I, and I, there may be one going to Stumptown too, but I, I can't remember. I I know there are two in Detroit, and I know I know about the one at the Roots. So you know, with, with all with all of the the new players coming in, uh, have you had a chance to see them in the preseason and 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 had a chance to see what they what they uh, what, what they were doing on the field? No, I have not. Uh, I have. I am swamped with my day job at the moment. My first, I have, I'm on the coach call with, with Jordan tomorrow night. We'll also be speaking with Nana and with, uh, with Matt Fondy, but I don't know where this year has gone so far, to be honest with you. It feels like yesterday it was New Year's Eve. All of a sudden here we're on the, the precipice of March. So yeah. no, I haven't had a chance, unfortunately. So I, I can say though, that I will be attending my first match as a fan. I'll be traveling up to Sacramento on the 8th of April to see them potentially play uh i'm sorry to see them play the roots in the u.s open cup so i'm really excited about that my brother lives up in the in the area so he's a sac republic fc guy and uh 
I'll be as loud as I can be for the for the roots. So I'm really looking forward to that. But no, I haven't had a chance to uh, to see them in in preseason, unfortunately, so far. I can tell you though that they've they've had. I know they played a couple of USL. Um, they played a, a quite a few friendlies so far this season. They played uh, Reno 1868, and they played the LA Galaxy Two squad. I believe they beat Reno and they lost to L. Or I'm sorry, other way around. Reno beat them and they beat LA Galaxy. Okay. Uh, just, just switching gears just a little bit before we get into uh, yeah. the the match with uh, between CFC and the Roots. You know that we we the the fall showcase was a little a, a slightly little bumpy ride for Nisa. We had the Fury come in and quickly depart, and then after the showcase was over, then we had, you know, Miami FC just get up and decide that they were going to leave as well. You know, what, uh, what, what's your take about, about Nisa and what are, I guess, what are roots are roots fans talking about that? Or are they worried about the viability of Nisa going forward? Um, uh, you know, I know it's something that's, that I spend a lot of time thinking about and, and we do in Chattanooga. I don't know if, if that's something that the Oakland fans uh, are thinking about as well. I, I don't think I'm I'm at the I'm in the position to to speak for the team on that regard. Yeah. Uh, what I what I do think though is that, and I'm I'm sure I think I have an, a, somewhat of an inkling where this conversation is headed. I feel that the the roots right now are in a position where they can develop a solid fan base and make fans return if they can see winning football and have an excellent game day experience. To be honest with you, I think a lot of the I think a lot of the fans are not really don't really care so much about what league the team plays in at this yeah. point. Mm-hmm. I just think they like to have a team that they can call their own. And you know, when you've got you know, obviously the ethos of the team's got you know cool looking kits and and you know trendy you know team wear that you can you know that looks cool when you wear it and you know, get people to notice in a place like this. I think right now that and just seeing a winning team out in the field is uh, is all that people care about for this point. I don't think the Roots have been around long enough yet that, you know, fans are groveling about, well, I wish we were playing USL or I wish we were in MLS or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but as far as, you know, I think the Mises appealing to the team because it's, it, you know, it's something that you you can build the strength of your franchise upon, you know, however much you're willing to commit to it. Whether it's with USL, you know, it's sort of like a, a pay-to-play type scenario. And I think the Roots have a bit more freedom to do things the way that they want to do them in a league like me. Yeah, you know, and, and you know, like I said earlier, in speaking with, uh, you know, the, the FO, uh, the C- uh, Chattanooga kind of front office, you know that, like I said earlier, that you know I think we see a lot of uh, is a, a lot of like mindedness between the Oakland leadership and and Chattanooga leadership, and I think that's one reason why you know you know there there are similar situations um, between Chattanooga and Oakland, in that you know like I mentioned in our in my notes to you that you know both both are in a market where the USL territorial rights are owned by somebody else, uh, and so there's right. a there's a group in East Bay. And then, of course, in Chattanooga, um, you know, there we have the the Red Wolves that own the USL rights, and so both groups are in, you know, kind of a similar situation where if Nisa doesn't work, things are 
things are interesting. I'll just put it that way. And I think that's why, yeah. you know, it's, that's why I think Jack McInerney's comments raised some eyebrows around here. Uh, you know, Chattanooga's own. <laughs> and, and I guess yeah. he, you know, he was, he was quoted in a Spanish language publication. I, you know, I don't, I don't, that's all I really heard about it was that, that one publication. And I think that raised a little bit of, you know, I think that raised some eyebrows among CFC fans because, you know, that we realize and maybe, maybe we're hypersensitive, but well, not maybe we are hypersensitive to this issue. Um, at least I am. I'll speak for myself. I won't speak for anybody else you know, about this. And so that, you know, that raised some, that raised some eyebrows around the, around town. I, I get the feeling maybe that was something you probably should have not have said, but <laughs> having said that, I think what's interesting and from a geographical perspective, I was thinking about this a little bit earlier, from a geographical perspective, the reason that the Deltas were not successful is the Kizar Stadium is, you know, a good four to five miles from downtown. It's yeah. cold. It's foggy out there. It's miserable pretty much except for late August into, you know, the middle of October or so. Concord, on the other hand, which is where the, the USL East Bay team is going to be based during the summer months, can reach upwards of 100 degrees, you know, pretty consistently. Hmm. The roots have, you know, if you look, if you look on Wikipedia and you look at Oakland's weather, I mean, it's literally about as good as it gets in terms of, you know, it's comfortable during the summertime and never, you know, it gets hot on occasion, but it's not, it's nothing like living in, you know, deep in the East Bay, like Concord or Brentwood or somewhere like that. So in terms of the, the you know, making it viable for fans to come out, and be comfortable with the game and, and not have to worry about, is it going to be freezing cold? Do I need to bring a jacket? Or is it going to be boiling hot and I'm not going to want to sit out in the seat? Laney College is about the, the best place that they could have, you know, ever hoped to have to hold their home games. Having said that, though, if you look on the USL East Bay, you know, if you look on their website, I think dormant is the, the, the correct word to use. If, you, if you've been over there recently, I mean, you talk about the head start that it seemed like the Roots has in, in developing the culture and, and, you know, the merchandise lines and all that sort of thing. I mean, you're not going to, I highly doubt you're going to see, you know, players from the Warriors or, or music video stars wearing USL East Bay merchandise in their videos anytime soon. Yeah. And that's, that's such a humongous head start that the Roots have, you know, the, that decision might already be, you know, for a young fan out there who's got the choice to support a cool team like the Roots compared to another corporate Delta's ass team like USL East Bay, I think it's going to be a pretty, a pretty obvious choice. And I think Laney College's access to, to public transportation is another thing that will ultimately make them successful. Concord, a little bit of drive from the, you know, from the heart of the, the Bay Area. And although there is definitely an, an untapped market out there in terms of the game itself, it's still not too close to the, the major population centers of the Bay Area as it stands. Hey, you called USL corporate, not us this time. I just want to like, put that out there. <laughs> we're, we're usually the ones shouting like corporate stuff at USL and, and things of that nature. So for, at least uh, this early in the podcast, uh, you were the first to do it, not us. That's a, that's a change. <laughs> I know it's not an easy conversation. Oakland is young. It's a new club. You know, we're, you know, we're young in the very young in the pro game. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a shame in one way, in one way, it's, it's just a shame that this is the type of conversation we have to have about 
soccer clubs in the United States. I mean, you don't have these conversations yeah. in other places because you just you don't have no. you don't have the same type of of structure. And it's you know it's I, you know I think I, I can from what I've heard of fans when moving into Nisa, you know there are there are two two clubs I think that CFC fans are most excited about being in the league with one. There are frenemies from the north, you know the Detroit City. You know they are they're like Here. they're a sister club, brother club, whatever you want to call them. You know we we have very very close ties with them, and so we're very excited about that. But right beneath that, I think everyone is excited, and I know I circled. I was I was waiting to find out when the CFC at Oakland was go- game was going to be because it was one that I was I was going to circle and go to if it wasn't the first game on the schedule. And of course the schedule came out and it's our opener. And so I, I think for me, at least, uh, you know, that what Oakland represents as a club, what Oakland represents as a community is exactly the type of, of partner that we want at, from Chet, from my perspective as a Chattanooga fan. And so it worries me when I hear things like, well, you know, what if the East Bay group calls up Oakland and says, why don't we work together? I mean, I think that would be attractive for Oakland. I think it would be certainly attractive, like you say, because Oakland's already laid, uh, pardon the pun, they've already laid the roots down, you know, in in the market. And it's the East Bay folks have to be looking at that going, hmm, you know, we could, we we might be able to form our partnership here. And I don't want to lose Oakland as a team and as a market you know, just being in the same in the same league with them. And so that's where my concern comes from. I, I, I think I'm speaking for a certain segment of the Chattanooga FC fan population, but uh, no, certainly not everybody. So I don't know, Todd, do you have any thoughts on that? No, I agree uh, 100%. Like, uh, you know, I feel like, you know, at this level, we're, we're kind of fighting for a cause here. And it is, it is frightening, and it, things do get really sketchy if Nisa doesn't make it. So, you know, you're looking for really strong partners. And even, you know, when, when Miami pulled out, that was kind of a, a kick in the groin. And then you look at some of the other clubs uh, that, you know, appear right out of the gate to, to, to be shaky, LA Force. Uh, you know, you kind, of, you kind of start to get a little apprehensive about where things are going to go. And I know there's some other potential cities out there. But, yeah, when, when you look at the overall top-to-bottom list in Mesa and you look at strong partners in the league, you do look at we as CFC, we look at Detroit City, and we look at Oakland. So, so the idea of, of losing Oakland is uh, uh, worrisome uh, to most of us. And I would, I would venture to say that they, they may not admit it, but probably Detroit City feels uh, somewhat uh, similar to that. Yeah. So. Well, we'll, so we'll, we'll switch back into pregame. You know, that's enough about, I guess, the soccer wars. Uh, I, I, don't, I certainly don't want to. I don't Although I, I would like to ask you, I would like to ask you, do you find it comical that you are discussing uh, weather and how good and or bad it is in terms of attendance being from Swansea? <laughs> uh, I mean, I've, I've lived here almost 30 years now, so uh, I'm more than used to uh, to the weather out here. I actually have my, my aunt over here, and, and I think she picked a pretty good time to come over here with the, the back-to-back, you know, the back-to-back storms they had over there and all the flooding and everything. So, uh, you know, I, I'm pretty fortunate to be, you know, to live out here where it's you know, sunny pretty much all the time. <laughs> so, what you're saying is you've gotten soft. Yeah, pretty, exactly. 
So this yeah, so, I don't fancy all that these days. That's for sure. <laughs> so this Saturday, uh, Chattanooga will be traveling out west for a match against Oakland. Give us a little bit of a preview from from your Oakland lens about you know you know we like to talk about formations and playing style and and you've already mentioned some players to watch. Um, you know what do you see uh, as you know how 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 what do you think the Oakland will come out with? Um, you know, on Saturday. I'm really excited to to be in on the call with, with Jordan tomorrow. Um, our commentators for the season are Charles Wolland, who did the, the first game for the Roots last year. That was the game against Cal United Strikers. Great guy. He's been around the, the Bay Area soccer scene for, you know, for many, many years. Uh, Ridge Mahoney, of Soccer America thing, will be on color commentary. So it's Two very experienced and, and professional broadcasters. And just as a quick aside, you know, if you can't make it out to the game, I highly recommend you check out the uh, the broadcast. Um, I think, you know, safe to say it's it, you know it's a, a level above what Nice expects as far as you know we'll have uh, we'll have four cameras on uh, three cameras on the field, one on the sideline roving around. We'll have cameras in the nets. Um, We'll be shooting from the opposite side of the stadium this year. So if you caught any of the footage last time out, uh, we were on the press box side. This year we'll be on the other side. So you'll see the crowd in all oh, yeah, glory. Okay. Yeah. And um, and we have the full graphics package, replays, everything. So it's going to be if – you, if you can't make it out to uh, to Oakland, then we definitely recommend you watch on OaklandRootsFC.com or BAOSN.TV. Um Apart from that, it's going to be loud. I'm not kidding you when, when I tell you that it's probably a good idea to bring earplugs because between the stadium PA and whatever musical act they got entertaining outside, it is an assault on the senses. <laughs> um, uh, but the, the, the game day crowd are, are, are super, very knowledgeable, uh, really get behind that team. Um, and that was evident from, from the home games last year, and I expect they'll come in, in full voice this time out. Uh, without having the, the, the benefit of, of having the chance to hear from Jordan yet, I, you read about his philosophy, uh, philosophy excuse me, and, and he wants to play a brand of winning attacking football, and I think that's going to go down very well uh, with the home crowd. I mean, Jack McInerney's on the kind of form that he showed you know, last season with the, the hat-trick, of course, in the opener. And then he had two goals against uh, Miami FC in the finale out there in, in Florida. Um, this Roots team might be difficult to stop. The question is, you know, how will how will the back four respond? And, and you know, there's, there's definitely some question marks about who will start and goal for the Roots come Saturday. But with not add a core back there, I think they will, they will go a long way quickly to – getting the defensive woes sorted out. But, um, you know, Coach Bravo liked to play the 4-3-3 last year. Uh, Benji Hoyer was probably not as involved in the attacking, uh, in, in the attack as perhaps he would have liked to. But he's a guy that can go all over the pitch and, and will do so. And, uh, um, you know, with, with the likes of Fondi and, and Tristan Bowen available as well, I mean, this should be a team that can... I can put goals on the board in a hurry. And uh, I think it's going to be a very competitive match this Saturday and, and really the pick of the weekend in Nisa as far as the, uh, the opening matches are concerned. So for, for folks who do get a chance to go out and, and, and um, see the match live, what, uh, what are some things uh-huh. to do, see around the stadium 
I know that there is a – I know that Oakland, the, the club was doing something, a package for traveling fans to, to do some things in the community the morning of the match. I didn't know if there were other things uh-huh. on match day that traveling fans should know about. Well, depending on – you know, depending on when the fans would be arriving, like I said, the weather's going to be good. I mean, you know, springtime in the Bay Area is probably the best time of the year. Laney College is a couple of stops down from downtown Oakland. There's no end of bars and, and, and restaurants to check out. The Uptown District is a part of Oakland that's gone through a real revival over the course of the last half decade or so. Uh, since I have a two-year-old child, I don't get to go out as much as I once did. <laughs> Uh, but I know the Trappist in, in um, uh, downtown Oakland, I believe, on either 8th or 9th in Broadway. Uh, you know, excellent Belgian beer and all kind, you know, good food and things like that. Um, in the local vicinity, though, I mean, you know, you, it, depending on whether or not you hire a car, you can go to Alameda Island. Um, you can even make your way across the Bay Bridge to check out the city. But there's tons to do in Oakland already. Um, you know, and it's all kind of concentrated around that Broadway uh, telegraph area. And from the Lake Merritt bus station, it's about a five to ten minute walk to Laney College itself. Uh, it's right at the southern end of Lake Merritt. So the views are pretty spectacular. You can see across to the city. Um, you can see the uh, the Bay Bridge and then the sunset to the, to the west, so right over the, the north end of the of the field. So... Yeah, there's definitely there's definitely plenty to do. I would definitely research the the restaurants in the area. I mean, there's pretty much every kind of food you can think of, um, you know, within a mile or so of the uh, of the stadium itself. Well, do you want to? You feel bold enough to give us a uh, score prediction? I am going to say the Roots are going to win two one, and McInerney's going to have at least one goal. All right. Sure. Chattanooga's own scoring well, against. Well, okay. All right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know how I feel about that. There, there was a time I remember uh, where I really thought that Jack McInerney coming to Chattanooga would, to play would be just like the most. Uh, it'd be really, really cool. So, uh, but it's fun to think about. And uh, but it, you know, if he would have came back, but now it's horrible to think about him actually playing <laughs> against us. Like yeah. I really hope he had a good experience in his childhood here, and he's like not looking to take something out on the city that I don't know about. <laughs> <laughs> like some unresolved like grievance that I'm unaware of. Oh yeah, I, let's let's hope. Uh, how many how many fans do you expect to travel out from Chattanooga for the game? Well, I know I know there will be some. I know I, I saw some folks I saw some folks talking about it. Um, I I really don't know. I, I imagine we'll have a handful go out there though. Uh, I wish I was going to be among them again. Like I said, I was going to. This was a this was a. a a road trip I was going to plan if it didn't come this weekend. And of course that's when it is. So yeah. um, I don't know if Todd, have you heard, have you heard anything from folks? I've not, I've not heard any solid numbers about how many is going to be going out. Yeah. I, but I imagine we'll have, it will have a contingency that, that will go out because we've got a contingency that goes to every game. I mean, they just, they just go, they're nuts. They just go to every game. So Exactly, and so that there'll be there'll be a few. I'm sure the uh, the roots can't wait to host them. I'm sure there'll be uh, you know a few uh, few bands exchanged, but it's, it's all in good fun, and uh, <laughs> yeah. it, it it makes a, a match that much better if you've got traveling support on hand. So I look forward to seeing them. I'll be in the replay truck, so I'll definitely try and catch some footage of them for you and uh, get it on the broadcast somehow. That'd be awesome, and we'll be watching. You know, we'll be watching on. Uh, we have a watch party at. 
at uh, one of one of our local brewing places where we do where it's right next to our stadium. So we'll have a group of people watching there um, and uh, hopefully seeing from our standpoint, hopefully seeing a, a CFC victory. But you know, it's it's been great speaking with you. I don't know if there's anything else. Oh. Where can fi- where can folks find you on the Twitter sphere? Since you made the mistake of following me, I know where you are now, but other others may not. <laughs> so I'm Stephen Davies. My handle is Stephen Davies CA. So it's S T E P H E N D A V I E S C A, like California, on Twitter. So give me a follow, and uh, yeah, you can check out some of my other interests. I'm play by play guy for Santa Clara Rugby, uh, Santa Clara Broncos, right here in the Bay Area. Done. Lots of high school, community college, and, um, you know, regular state college work. So I'm usually covering a game somewhere when I have the chance. And uh, I'll be there all season for the roots. Hopefully at some point I'll get back behind the mic. But if not, then I will be in the, uh, I'll be in the production truck. So either way, I'm, I can't wait for the season to come. It's going to be really exciting. Great. It was, it was great to talk to you. Todd, do you have anything else you want to close with? Oh, no. Uh, just uh, best wishes to you guys this season. Thanks again for uh, taking some time with us. And uh, have a great evening. Thank you, Jim and Todd. Best of luck to you guys too, and uh, really appreciate you having me on. Yeah, it, it was it was our pleasure to have you on. And as long as the as as long as the roots win, does good things for CFC. I wish you all luck. But other than that, thank you very much. I appreciate that. <laughs> Except for this weekend and then May 16th. But apart from that, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, those two times, uh, I, I I wish you nothing but ill will. But uh, but outside of that, as long as uh, you know, we 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 will you will have. Some root supporters out here again. I, you know, think I'll speak for me. Uh, I really, I really like and, and really love what the club is doing and and what I see from them in the community uh, has been really great. And I am very much looking forward to seeing them on the field here in Chattanooga. Uh, again, thanks, Stephen. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the time. Thanks for everything you do for the game. Yeah, thank you. All right, take care. Bye. Thanks. And welcome back to the 423 Soccer Podcast. Uh, once again, thank you very much to Stephen Davies from uh, Oakland Roots involved in their production. And it sounds like they're going to have some sexy production out there that pretty much may be the envy of the league. We'll have to see what some of the other teams come up with. But, uh, it, it's, I mean, five and, what do you say, four and five camera angles? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, and I, and I completely let it go. I completely let him get go by that without asking him if if I'm getting a tactical all twenty two. I didn't. I let him go by with it because I wanted. To act, I wanted to act like, oh yeah, aren't we all having four or five camera angles? You know, I didn't mm-hmm. want to be like, oh, well, we, we have like we have like one with a zoom in camera replay. No offense <laughs> to our guys, it was. I'm very happy with that, but I mean. Four or five camera angles and an on-field camera, and yeah, uh, you know, he he did divulge to us they have a a fairly healthy um, production budget uh, that I was kind of blown away by. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. We'll we'll have to uh, we'll have to after you know maybe if uh, if Owen is at the is at the the watch party, you know, we may have to sit with him. And and get his reaction. Maybe we can get him on the post match and get his reaction to the production side and and what and you know and what he thought of kind of the the first Nisa match. Well, it won't be the first Nisa match, I guess, because I think Detroit, Detroit and LA play. I believe Detroit and LA play on Friday, but 
it'll be our first NISA match. So it'll be interesting to see too. I mean, based on what he said, I mean, they're going to be broadcasting that in 1080p. Yeah, that's what he said. So that's you know, he was kind of. I was like, yeah. I mean, I was, once again, I was kind of like, hey, doesn't everybody broadcast in 1080p? You know. Yeah, that's what he said. But it's it, you know we'll 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 still be we'll still be. I mean, it's still going to be on my Kuju, right? I mean, I, well, I guess he said. I don't know how we'll. I don't know how we'll see it at the uh, at the watch party. I don't know if they'll. I don't either. Uh, I mean, he made it sound like they had their own uh, broadcast and, and website stream and all that stuff. Like it was like through some local sports network. It was kind of. I didn't really understand, but once again, I, my mind was hung up on the 1080p and five camera yeah. angles and, yeah, and all the camera on angles field and yeah, in a pro, in a production yeah. truck. In a pro, uh, what? Yeah. He said he's going to be in the. Imagine what he would have. He's going to be in the truck. He used to do a podcast. What I mean, what kind of podcasting area? I mean, would he have? Oh, I I know. Forget a studio. He'd probably have like a podcast, like center of excellence or something. I I don't know. Yeah, I just want a studio. I don't know how much you could hear, but there was some there was some dinner being made in the kitchen for for throughout most of the beginning of this podcast. I need to speak with my my roommates. About um, well, as I as I sit here in my 2003 Toyota Tacoma, <laughs> I find that the acoustics are quite good, uh, shielding me from the dogs barking no more than 30 yards away from yeah. my vehicle. I have, you know, so, I have to think at some point the the 109 guys were talking about like running a like a video feed while they do their show, and you know, I just I just imagine what a video feed of our show would be like. Like it's me sitting on a on a stool in my breakfast nook and you and your, in your parents driveway in your truck. <laughs> yes. With, with cows in the background. Right. Yeah. It would be, it would be amazing. It would be amazing. Like you would see something like out of, you know, Nat Geo going on in the background of my, of my, uh, seed. I promise you there'd be some deer and turkeys. It'd be, it'd be wild time. Yes. We would get a whole new series of listeners and uh, a different genre of, uh, or type of viewer listener if, if, if we were to put a camera on me out here. Oh. It gets wild in Bradley County, folks, okay? It gets wild out here. I mean, I, we would have two cameras. We would have a, we'd have a dual camera shot for our, <laughs> <laughs> for, you know, you'd be on, you'd, you'd have a steady cam on you, and then I'd just have this, the static shot of the, of the suitably adequate studio here in, oh. in Brainerd. You know what? I, you know, we, we didn't even have to tell people they could have just imagined that we were in some posh studio, but I just wanted to know that the hustle it's real out here. Okay. It is. We're doing what we got to do to bring you this podcast. That's right. If it means I got to sit for two hours in my parents parking, you know, in, in their, in their driveway park. Yeah. And then occasionally like a flashlight shooting out at me to see like who's in the driveway. Then that's what I got to do. So the, the game is this Saturday at it, what time is kickoff? Is it seven oh four p.m.? Well, it is uh, in the Eastern time zone. Oh my gosh, where does it go? Oh, I scrolled down. It is at eight ten. You know, because it's got to be at five ten in the five one zero in Oakland, right? You get that? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Understood. See, see what they do. Lame, there. but whatever. <laughs> See what yeah. they did. So why aren't we playing all of our matches at 423? Huh? <laughs> it seems appropriate. Why aren't we playing them all at 423? 
So so kickoff is at eight ten from Laney Stadium, home mm-hmm. of the home of the Fighting Laneys. We've established this, and Laney uh, yep. yeah, Fighting Laney. Yep. And then we are uh, there's going to be a watch party at Chattanooga Brewing Company, who also is kind enough to host our post match rant, which uh, we are also going to be trying to bring you uh, this week as well. So we're doing our in depth uh, post match analysis. Uh, which I'm sure one Matt Coniglio will listen to, and we'll have a, a plethora of well, actually, yes, uh, for for you to listen to later on in the week with with their podcast. So, I think we're gonna have real stats, Todd. I don't know what we're gonna. I don't know what those stats are going to be. I I, I am I am currently seated approximately 30 miles from your location, and I can from here you sit on a throne of lies. No, they're no. I I I know for a fact. I the the official. What did he call himself? The NISA statistician for CFC DM'd me and said, if we need whatever we need stats-wise, uh, we're going to have it. Now, I know what he means. It's going to be like the number can of you, shots. Can you, can you name this individual? Does he have a name? He has a name. I, I don't know. It's Alex. He's on the broad, He's you know on the broadcast with... Um, with Simon? Yeah, with Simon. Or he he has done it, yeah. Simon, you know, Simon does the play by play, and then uh, Alex has has done color on the on the on some of the broadcasts. So he is he is I, I you know breaking news. We're breaking news here. He is the NISA statistician for CFC. He said if he if we need anything on his end, that he'll be happy to help us. But I'm will I bet he doesn't mean that because. I Whatever, like, I'll be publishing my own. Hey, I'll be publishing my own stat in the Times Free Press. Okay, <laughs> so whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure he's not going to be giving me XG charts and possession heat maps. Heat map. We're not getting heat maps. I know we're not getting heat maps, but possession or ball position or that kind of stuff. So I will still be watching this late at night. No, I am. I am certainly thankful that that he's going to be doing that and making those stats readily available to us. It makes it so much easier yes. that we don't feel it necessary to sit there and watch the game. Yep. <clears throat> but also looking down every three seconds to you know write down some sort of statistical, uh, you know, some statistic down shot and well, was it a shot on goal or was it a shot or was it a slug pass? Uh, was it a deflection? And then we get an argument right. about that. And then while we're look, while we're talking to each other, a goal happens, and now what? We and then we miss the replay. So yeah, I'm really thankful that he's he's doing that. In in other in other news, um, many people I don't know Todd if you if you got them in the mail. Many people, including me, got uh, the annual pass cards today. They they I know they went out recently in the mm-hmm. mail. I don't. Mm-hmm. They may be. <laughs> Well, they may be on the Pony Express headed up to Bradley County. So many people got theirs. I saw some people on Twitter taking pictures of it. So they, so the annual passes are coming out. I don't know if you saw the parking passes now uh, up on the site for purchase. Uh, if you if you park on the, I don't even know which side that is. The side with all the solar panels. Which side is that? The south side of I guess it is. What would that be? That would be the south side of the stadium. Yes, the south side of the stadium, I believe. And uh, I know you don't care because you park in some dark alley. Look, I encourage everybody to get a parking pass, all right? I don't need competition for my little honey hole parking spot that I got going on. Yeah, 
And I know, and I know it's illegal to park where I do. But if I find somebody else parking there, I'm going to have you towed. <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah, those are out. The season passes are out. I think, I think Smotherman let a little bit of Jersey news leak on Twitter when he said that there was some coronavirus issues with with getting the getting the uh, the jerseys the the jerseys for for supporters. I think the players are going to be outfitted in a kit, but but the uh, I think the the supporters jerseys are going to be a little later. I think I think he said they're going to have them. Do you remember? Do you remember the tweet? Did he say that they're going to have them at the home game? I think the first home game. Yeah, I think they're going to be. A, actually, I think they. Yes, by the first home game. Yes, yeah. not by the first game, but the first. Home the first game. home game. I, I do think I do think there's going to be something special about our kits for the first match. So be look at, be on the lookout for that. I don't know. I'm not sure exactly what's going to be, but I think there's going to be. You know, it's our first professional match. I think it'd be nice to see something special. Um, I think that's it really. Uh, I'm excited. The season is here. Uh, I don't have to be harassed or harass the club anymore for news. So you, uh, you got anything else you want to talk about? Yeah, there was one thing I wanted to talk about and it got kind of, uh, pushed down in a Tom Spree press article about the new turf on the field. Oh yeah. Yes. We're all happy about the new, new turf, but in, in the article embedded, um, when Tim Kelly talks about a potential Bundesliga match, uh, a Bundesliga team coming over for a match this summer. Yep. Uh, I, which, which I, I quickly, I, I want to say, I don't remember if it was Greeson or that, that tweeted out that article for the TFP or if it was, actually, I think it was David Pas. It was Pascal. It was David Pascal that tweeted that out. And uh, I was like, the bigger headline, that you missed. It was the right. fact that, yeah. you know, the potential for a Bundesliga team. Of course, I understand why he may think that the turf is a bigger deal. Yeah, who cares about the damn turf? You you just, you bury the lead there. There's a Bundesliga team coming to to town to play CFC, and you're talking about turf. All right, so so quickly, so quickly, uh, what is, what team, uh, let's do this two ways. First of all, what team do you hope comes? If it's a Bundesliga team, what team do you, Hope comes. What team do I hope? I mean, what what team would I like to see? Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I mean, you know, if if we're just being ridiculous here, you know, we are, we are. If we're on this podcast, of course, we're being ridiculous. Christine. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I you know, hell, bring Munich or Dortmund, bring Bayern or Dortmund here. That, that's not. That's yes, not I'm happen. here for that. I'm here for both of those. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm here for Joel Costa. Right. I'm I'm here for Joel Costa scoring a hat trick against Bayern Munich. That's what I'm here for. Yes, I'm here. Yes, I'm here for for watching somebody uh, run uh, or just some defender just completely shut down uh, or uh, Alfonso Davies on yeah. a on a on a run. He's there. Yes, I just want to see him shut it down. I'm here yeah. for it. I'm 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 here for uh, Valenciano taking out Davies. <laughs> One hundred percent. Which, by the way, if, if you didn't see, if you didn't see Alfonso Davies just uh, uh, the the Chelsea defense today, uh, go to have a look at that. Well, that's, the whole, that's a good time. I mean, they just they just ran through Chelsea. Did they? I mean, like Gnabry. Yeah. God, I mean, don't worry, Frank, Frank Lampard will will not be criticized one, one bit. He'll he'll get the 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 pass. He'll get the hard pass. So. 
And Arsenal, no, Arsenal really hasn't made an appearance, but I'm going to say this. Every time Gnabry performs well, I have to hear everybody on Twitter say, you know Arsenal sold him for 5 million euros. Okay, so so back to the Bundesliga match. But that's never going to happen. So in, if, okay, so if it's not Bayern Munich and it's not Dortmund, which we can all agree that's probably not going to happen, Right. who do you think it likely is? Well, I think, I mean, the uh, there's one obvious choice. I mean, I certainly agree. Yeah, there is one obvious choice. I don't know anything. Nobody has said anything. So if this is right, nobody get mad at anybody. Nobody's told me anything. But it's got to be Wolfsburg, right? I mean, on the surface, right? It, it has to be. It has I mean, to be. That is where the headquarters is. The headquarters of Volkswagen. Yeah, we have a Volkswagen plant. It's the jersey sponsor for us. Which do we know that officially yet? No, we don't. Mm-mm. Not sure. Okay, once again. We we don't know. We has been the Jersey sponsor for some time now. We have right a an official relationship with Wolfsburg, so yep. there are a lot of tie-ins. And I think we would be hard pressed not to think that I would give it a seventy percent chance, yeah. seventy to eighty percent chance that that's who it is. But who else? So who else would it be? Well, I mean, I don't think after that, I don't think there's a real front runner for it. Yeah, uh, I mean, there is a little. There's a little bit of uh, extra in there, too, because there is an American international, a uh, U.S. men's yep. national team player, uh, uh, John uh, is it Brooks. Yeah. Yeah, it's Brooks that plays. Uh, oh, is it Brooks? He, I think he's 6'4". Yeah, Brooks, 6'4 okay. defender. He plays for Wolfsburg? Uh, I think some. I'm almost positive. Okay. I, I think somebody played. tried to say it was Josh Sargent, but I think he plays for um, uh, Bremen, so. And we can yeah. look it up. I could be wrong about that. Who cares if I'm But, yes, I think Wolfsburg is the most obvious. And then outside of that, it could it could be Dusseldorf or it could be uh, <laughs> Dortmund. I mean, who knows? Uh, it could be anywhere in between. I don't think it's going to be Dusseldorf. It's not going to be Dusseldorf because they're, the, they're not in the Bundesliga. But Yeah, they're not going to make it. But I think uh, I think it's really exciting. And I think especially with the German League just being so competitive right now, uh, with I think you got Munich, Dortmund, uh, uh, Schalke, and and uh, uh, Red Bull Leipzig all at the top uh, well, yeah. within like maybe six points of each other. So yeah, yeah you've uh, got you've crazy got crazy yeah you've got now. six points between you've got six six points between first and fifth. Yeah, so that's uh, that could be a, a wild uh, finish to that season. And I want to say right now Wolfsburg might be sitting around. Six, seven. They're seven. Right? They're they are two points well, out of Europe. Yeah. So so we wow, can, that would be uh, yeah that'd be awesome to have a Europa even if it's a Europa League club coming even in. Even if mm-hmm. it's just awesome having uh, a team of that's in the Bundesliga come over, you know. But once again, it it just shows and and I'll, obviously that would be the standout game of the summer uh, if that were to actually happen. And I, I hate to build this up and then it not because, but you know, you look at the the other friendlies that we've put together uh, with some of the independent teams. Uh, who do we got? Little Rock Ranger, right? Yeah. Little Rock and uh, uh, AFC Mobile, Savannah, Savannah and Mobile. Who's the fourth? Is there one more? Uh, Pensacola. Is that right? Maybe that sounds right. I don't know. I'd have to look it up. Three of the four. Three of the four. I know are correct. Yeah, I can't remember the fourth. So, so even the off season is going to be really good uh, during that summer break that we have. I would say the Wolfsburg game just 
just edges out the Moon Pie Cup with Mobile. Well, I, look, I know it's a standout match, but at the same time, from an independent soccer supporter <laughs> perspective, I think those matches are great. I think they, you know, we had talked about, you know, the importance of these, these lower division independent teams, you know, maybe coming on board with Nisa if they can just grow their brand a little more. And I think having those friendlies against the Little Rock Rangers, against the AFC Mobile and teams of that ilk, I think does a lot. And it's a little bit of like, you know, when those teams, if they do grow and they do get significant investors, you know, they remember like, hey, remember what, you know, Chattanooga, you know, remember that model. Remember we went to Chattanooga. They, they've been our ally, uh, you know, because we know better than anybody, if you show a little bit of, of, of success, you know, there's another league out there that's going to swoop in and try to yeah. try to capitalize on it. Yeah. So uh, I think it's, I think it's important that, that we, uh, that Chattanooga hosts those friendly this summer. And I'm actually looking very, uh, looking forward to those uh, as well. Yeah. So it is, it is not Pensacola. It's another team with a round blue crest. It's Crescent city FC out of new Orleans. Oh, Crescent city. Yeah. Right. That's so it is. Very so, good. We end we end with San Diego on June sixth. Then we immediately go to Little Rock on the tenth. Uh, July first, Mobile comes. July fifteenth, Savannah comes to, to town. July twenty second, Little Rock comes to town. August first, Crescent City comes to town. And I I think because there's a break there between the first and the fifteenth, I'd be willing to bet that July eighth is probably maybe that international friendly. Do it on the fourth. Do it on the fourth. <laughs> it must happen on the fourth. No, no, do it on the fourth. The fourth. Is, well, no, well, well. Actually, the fourth would be. Wait a minute. The fourth would be Wednesday, Thursday. The fourth is a Sunday, a Saturday. No, Sounds you're amazing. No, no, you know what? The fourth is a Saturday. You could winner, be on, winner. You could chicken be on dinner. To, I will take my check. You could be on to something. So right, is that what we're predicting right now? You want to make a pred- formal prediction? Yeah, in the spirit of clue, I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take Wolfsburg on the fourth yep. at Finland at 4:23 p.m. You know, I, I'm not so sure about that time. Uh, I remember Batiste coming, and it was really, really hot. You don't want to sit in those plastic seats at 4:10. No, <laughs> no. I think I'm going to want to push that kickoff to about 8 p.m. Yeah. Well, you know, and it's that way be, we get fireworks at ten. You know, it's gonna be raining anyway. <laughs> That's true. It will be raining. The fourth fireworks. Yep, CFC fireworks game. That's guaranteed. They'll yeah. be flooding. All right, man. I think we've exhausted yeah, we the have, podcast. Yeah, right now all the right. record the record. Although this is although the the pod will not be this long. Right now we are sitting at two hours and eighteen minutes of recording. So Sweet. I'm gonna. I'm going All to right. pare this down a little bit so people don't have to listen to that much of us. And then we have a match this weekend. Uh, we will have some type of post-match rant after the match on Saturday. If you can out there, try to make it to Chattanooga Brewing Company um, for the watch party. I might be there. I haven't I haven't decided yet. If, if I, I can't I don't know if, if we've got something going on here. Um, but we will have some type of post-match show after hopefully what will be CFC's first professional win. But I think we are uh, both. That sounds great. It would be awesome. Yeah, I think we are both at least hoping that we bring a point back from Oakland. So is that it, Todd? You be done? 
That's it. We're done. Right. Uh, thank you for joining us once again on the 423 Soccer Podcast. Where can they find you? Well, you can find me, block me, mute me, which you probably have wanted to do recently. Uh, at at almost, I almost used the podcast account at Chattagooner. You can find the podcast at at four two three Soccer Pod. I personally find it far more fun to retweet what you say with a snarky comment. Yeah. Um, I encourage others to do the same. Uh, no need to mute him. Just retweet, snarky comment, proceed. That, that's what I like to do. I get great satisfaction out of it. It's just That's just me. You can find me at Great Football on Twitter, and uh, you can also find us on the Facebook if that's your thing. I don't know who does that anymore, but apparently there's people still do, mostly my mom. Yeah, All right. and because I am proud that we made it this far and did not talk about it, if you've not seen Jason Bailey's at J A, what is it? At J A S underscore B A I, I think on Twitter. Don't tell him I said this, yeah. but the video is awesome. And so go, you know, go check it uh, out, but that's all I'm ever going to say about it. So yes, uh, go absolutely. Go check that video out. Uh, should have already retweeted that video themselves like a hundred times. Yeah, and, uh, they mentioned it today. Then again, they what? They mentioned it today. The one of the one of the NISA, well, they, yeah, one of the NISA accounts mentioned it today. So, go check that out. I will not let. I will not. I will never admit this, but it, it is. It is a good video, and it's funny. Well, with that, we will catch you guys after uh, the CFC Oakland Roots match. And until then, go CFC. Go Blues. <laughs>